Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Amen, and what it does for us. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to read a few verses of Scripture here, and I really feel like the Lord has given me something very specific tonight. I really feel like he's given me a word. Uh, it always comes the same way. It always comes for me first. That's how it comes. And when, uh, when he starts speaking to me, it's always about me, and then it grows. And I'm like, well, maybe I can share this with, with everyone. So um, how many knows that's the way, you're, that's the way uh, God speaks to you through the word? And he's able to show you things that you wouldn't able, wouldn't, weren't able to see before. And uh, when you get a revelation and when you get a little bit of light and that little, you ever see the, the cartoons or the, car, uh, the uh, TV show where the little light goes on, ding, you know, over your head like, ah, oh, I got it. Okay, there's those aha moments, you know, and those are the ones we want to share, right? When he shows us something we didn't know before, and I thank the Lord for that, amen. How many are thankful for his revelation? Amen, hallelujah. Let's read Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to start with verse 23. This is the faith chapter, right? The hall of faith, they call it. Verse 23 says, by faith, somebody say by faith. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, somebody say by faith. Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing, somebody say choosing, rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming, now this, this is going to, I'm going to stop here for a second, and you guys might hate when I do this, but I got to say this, you know, people th think about Moses being the Old Testament, didn't know who Christ was. I have to beg to differ. Um, esteeming the reproach of Christ. Amen. Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ. Isn't that profound? All right, let's move on. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater than the riches, great, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Okay? He had greater respect for God's reward than he did for the riches of Egypt. Verse 27, by faith. Now, this is where I want you to really pay attention. He forsook Egypt. Say forsook. He forsook Egypt. How many knows that's a choice? He chose to, to forsake Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that, enjoy, he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. I want to speak to you just, just a little while tonight on this thought. Forsaking your Egypt, forsaking your Egypt. Let's pray. Ask him to speak to you. 
And dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for each and every breath, Lord, that you allow me to take, God. I thank you for, for the blood that's coursing through my I thank you for the thoughts, Lord, that you give me. And Lord, I, God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your will and your way among us tonight, Lord. Let your anointing flow, Lord, from your throne down to your people, Lord, who are eager and hungry and waiting and needing to eat of, your, of you, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would have your will and your way. Speak to us tonight, Lord. Change us in Jesus' name. We'll give you all praise, all honor, and all glory glory for everything accomplished. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. How many knows that God is never without a plan? He's never without a plan. He knows where each one of us are and he knows where you're going to be. Brother Smith, I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow. Totally. I mean, I know the general vicinity, but I don't really know what's all going to befall me tomorrow. But how many knows that he does? He's already been there. I already saw it. And he's already working to prepare the way for me. Somebody say amen. If you believe that, give him a hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Can I tell you tonight that no matter what state you find your life today, the Lord is not taken by surprise. Okay. He's not shocked. He's not worried. Uh, he's not perplexed. He's not confused. Can I tell you today that when, that the state of the present world, right? You look around you and all the chaos that's going on, all the upheaval and all the changes that are happening. You know, he's not surprised. How many knows he's seen it all before? Amen. Solomon wrote, there's nothing new under the sun. We're not experiencing anything that hasn't been experienced by someone else before. Somebody say amen. Please understand, okay, that when God deals with your heart to reach for him, Okay, it's because the time for an opportunity to be reunited with him or to be strengthened by him has arrived. Let me say that again. Please understand that when God deals with your heart, how many's ever been doing something, whatever, uh, uh, doing driving along or whatever, and all of a sudden you feel a tug on your spirit and you start to just just start to speak, just start to pray, speak to the Lord. You know, there's these times in our life when He knows what we need. Even though we don't need it, I could be driving along just as content as anything, and all of a sudden he starts dealing with my heart. It's not a few minutes. I'm crying. I'm singing. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm repenting sometimes. Amen. So how many knows he knows what we need before we ever need it? And I'm telling you tonight, if you if you ignore those if you ignore those feelings, you're missing out. I promise you. And there'll come a time when he doesn't deal. Right? Somebody say amen. But lots of times we pray so hard for for other people. To try to coax them into the kingdom. Okay. But how many knows that until he's ready for that to happen. You know. We can't do anything about it. Right. Until the time has come. Understand that the Hebrews were in Egypt. Until he determined it was time for them to come out. Amen. Somebody say amen. Now. Now when the time did come. A choice had to be made. Somebody say amen. The call went out to Moses, but he had to choose to obey it. The writer of Hebrews puts Moses in the so-called the, the hall of faith for his choice, right? By faith, he chose to forsake Egypt. Forsaking Egypt, I understand now, choosing, okay? When you make a choice, by definition, you're, um, you're taking one thing over something else. Like, for whatever there is gained, there's something else that you're putting aside, okay? If you go to the restaurant and you, you, know, you say, well, if you go in, you say, well, if I have fries, I can't have dessert. 
okay? So if you order the fries, you're giving up dessert, okay? Now, if you have both, then you're not making any choices, right? Understand, understand. But there's always something. There's always something gained and something. You're valuing something higher than something else. Understand that. And sometimes the reasons for how why people value things are beyond us. You know, only you know why you choose what you choose. Somebody say amen. Only you know the reasons or the motivations that's in your heart. And you, we've all seen the movie where the, the, the handsome jock guy is, 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 is uh, dating the real pretty cheerleader girl. And, but there's this girl, other girl that's not all, uh, she's a little bit more plain looking, you know. But, but he, he, he's kind of attracted to her because she's something different. She's, she, you know, there's something else in her that she's, you know, we've all seen that movie. So we understand that, that the reasons that we choose things sometimes aren't apparent to everyone. Somebody say amen. So Moses, he makes this choice uh, and and forsaking Egypt for him meant choosing his life as a Hebrew, okay, as a slave and the reproach of Christ, okay, over his place as an adopted grandson of the Pharaoh. Now, you say, well, yeah, I've heard that story a lot, but understand, have you ever really thought about it? He put himself on the other side of the coin, okay, chose it. He took himself out of it. You ever heard of the have and have nots? Okay. He was a have. And he chose to give that up to be a have not. Okay. He, he, he gave up his current status as being someone who could participate in society. Okay. To be a slave. Okay. Now understand. God must have been really real to Moses. Okay. Now. People that can't seem to make a choice for God, you have to wonder, okay, have they ever really experienced his goodness? Have they ever really felt him reach down when they were low, Brother Smith, and pick them up? Have they ever really thought about where they could be in in this world without him? You understand what I'm saying? So understand the people that, that have a trouble making that choice. You know, you have to wonder. You know, if they've ever experienced who he is, if they've ever had the revelation of who the Lord is, who exactly the the maker of the universe, amen, knows my name. Hallelujah. The maker of the universe thought enough of me to reach down and pull me out of the pit that I was in. Somebody say amen. amen. And when we have been called out, okay, how many has been called out? Okay, if you're sitting here tonight and you have a walk with God. You've been called out, okay? Understand that. If you're, if you're sitting here or you're listening online and you had a walk with God and you've fallen away, you've still been called out. Understand. Understand that the Romans eleven twenty nine for the gifts of calling and callings of God are without repentance, right? He doesn't change his mind about you. If you're under, but you're under the sound of my voice right now and you have a feeling of a tugging on your heart, Okay, because you know there's more to you. There's more to life than what you have right now. If you if, if you you know there's somebody there's something else out there that can make you feel a little more fulfilled. Okay, that 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 that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's him reaching out. It's saying it's time. It's time. It's time. The Bible says, "Gladly or godly sorrow worketh repentance." Okay, it is that sorrow that we feel. That, that shame and guilt that we feel, that, that sorry feeling that we need to make things right with our, our maker. Amen? And how many knows it doesn't come from anything outside? 
Okay, you can try, you know, preachers can try and guilt you into the altar. They can try and scare you into the altar. They can try to love you into the altar. Okay, but until God pulls on your heart and gives you that, you know, offers you that gift. How many knows repentance is a gift? Offers you that gift of repentance. You're not going to, it's not, nothing's going to happen for you. And the same is true for everybody in the world. But understand when that time comes, a choice has to be made. He calls us unto our work. Okay? You're not called out just so he can clean you up and say, look, look at this shiny new car. You don't buy a new car to leave it sit in the garage all the time. You want to drive that thing, right? God's saying, I didn't clean you up and put you on your feet so you can just sit idly by and just, and just count away the days until you see me. Understand, I've got plans for you. I've got use for you. I have, there's people that need to hear what you have to say, where you've been, where I brought you from. Amen. We're all called into work. We all have a job to do. First Kings 19.15 talks about Elijah. And he's being, he's, he's, the Lord's giving him some instructions. It says, and the Lord said unto him, go and return on thy will in the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. He's saying, look, this guy over here is going to be king. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall I anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. So understand right now that he's calling Elisha out. Okay? It's not going to be long now. Uh, it's funny, it's, it's a lot of things going on here, and as I read the rest of these scriptures, it's funny, you ever wonder why God didn't ask Elijah's opinion? You know, he didn't ask Elijah, hey, Elijah, you're getting kind of old, and uh, you know, you, you're really not going to be around that much longer, and uh, who do you think should take over for you? You know, you got your eye in it, you haven't met anybody, you know, that kind of uh, give you an idea like that uh, maybe I could use them, you know, what do you think? Did he ask Elijah? No, he already had the plan in place. Okay, the, the plan was already done. Okay, it says, So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. That's a lot of oxen. And he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. Okay, so here we see uh, Elisha. Okay, he's being called out. Okay, and he's here in a second. He's going to make a choice. He runs after Elisha because Elisha tossed his mantle at him. Right. And he says, hey, let me uh, let me go kiss my mom and dad. Okay, and tell them what's going on. And then I shall follow thee. And uh, Elijah said to him, he said, go back. You know, I haven't done anything to you. I haven't done anything. He says, he says, go back for what have I done to thee? Okay. He's saying, look, if that's all you think about, if you if, if immediately you start picking up excuses. Okay then maybe this calling is not for you. Okay? They, they understand, Brother Charlie, that you're not going to get anointing in your life without making some choices. And if every time the Lord's moving on you, and you start coming up with excuses why you can't do what you know He wants you to do, how many knows that He can't do anything with that? Amen? He's not going to stick His hand down your throat and make you a puppet. Okay, he's not going to just, you know, work your mouth and work. You know, he's not going to do that. you got to make a choice to follow, a choice to obey, a choice to do what he's called you to do. Somebody say amen. It says, and he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen. Okay, so I want you to understand that uh, he's plowing. And there's, it prob it's probably, I've, heard, I've read a lot of commentaries. 
it's probably his family's farm, and he's got some his co-workers out there plowing, and he's plowing with a couple yoke of oxen. But he's got 12, he's got 12, I don't know what that is. <laughs> he's got 12 yoke of oxen out in front of him, okay? Understand that, understand what's going on here. Um, so he goes back, and he takes his yoke, his two oxen, and he kills them. He says, slew the yoke of oxen and boiled their flesh for the instruments of the oxen and gave it to the people and they did eat. And then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered to them. Okay. I think he felt a little guilty and he went back and he wanted Elijah to know, I don't ever plan on plowing with oxen again. Okay. These are my two oxen. I've been working here for, you know, 10, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever. And he said, I'm, I don't plan to plow any more ground with these oxen. And he kills them. Okay, so we talked about it last week or, the, or a couple weeks ago about burning the ships. Remember that when the explorer arrived in, in Spain and in, or in the new in the new world in Mexico, and he said we don't have any other choice but going forward. He burnt the ships. Understand that he was making a choice right there. A choice was being made by Elisha. Understand, Elisha had a job. We all have jobs. Okay, how many know sometimes your job that you're working might not be the best for you and God? Okay, you ever worked in a place that was just wicked? Okay, and you left there feeling vexed? Okay, I have. So understand that Elisha had a family. Okay, he had a mom and a dad. Okay, that he's going to have to choose to leave. Elisha had plans. Okay, he had personal comfort. Okay, these are all things that we all have. We all have to take into consideration when we choose to do something, right? But he killed his oxen. All right, I almost called this. When are you going to kill your oxen? <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, as long as you hold on, as long as you hold on to that excuse, that way out, okay, you keep that back door open, okay, ready to run, okay. I mean, he knows your indecision, okay. He, he knows your motivation. He knows the fear. That you have. He knows that you're not, you know, how many knows that fear is the opposite of faith? Okay. You don't have, you don't, for, you, you don't forsake your Egypt because you're afraid to. Somebody say amen. Now, I want a little side note here. And I, just because I noticed this. Understand that all of a sudden, Elisha makes his choice to go and follow Elijah. But, no, don't get mad at me. But. It wasn't immediately about Elisha's ministry. Okay? Elisha had some serving to do. In this day and age, everybody's worried about them. My walk. My revelation. My ministry. Okay? When all around there's chances to serve, and they won't do it because they can't see how that fits into their ministry. Okay? Understand that selfishness has no place in the kingdom. And if you're holding on, if you, you know, say, okay, God, I'll follow you, but just prop me right up and give me a ministry, give me this great ministry. Okay, understand that's not how it works. Okay, understand that's not how it works. In 2 Kings 3.11, we'll, we'll show you how Elisha was known. It says, and Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the kings of Israel's servants answered and said, here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. He's like, we don't have Elijah, but we got this guy that knew him. We got this guy that washed his hands for him. We got this guy that carried his Bible to church for him. 
We got this guy that, you know, uh, went and got his McDonald's, went, to, went and hit the drive-thru for him after, after service so he didn't have to go himself. We're here we have this guy, this Elijah, understand. Understand that there was a, you didn't, he didn't just walk, kill his oxen and walk right into a worldwide ministry. Understand there was serving to do. There was learning to do. There was growing to do. But the choice was already made, right? And he was making that choice every day. He was called out. He left to serve. Okay? Let me tell you this. I don't want to be led by anyone who hasn't been led. I don't want to follow anyone who's never followed. When I was working in nursing, I was in the, I was in the hospital and they started, they, they would have these people come through the school and they would go to nurse practitioner school without ever having worked as a nurse. Okay. Now we all look down our noses a little bit at them because they thought they knew everything and they really knew nothing. How many knows that sometimes you got to take some knocks and some hits? You got to, you got to be led. You got to be corrected. You got to be chastised. You got to be taken behind the woodshed sometimes and get your attitude right. Okay. If you, if you, you don't put the toddlers in charge of the household. Okay, you don't do that. You, do, you don't put teenagers in charge of the household. Understand that. You don't put lazy adults in charge of your household. Understand what I'm saying tonight. You got to understand, I, you know, I, I as a follower don't want to be led by anyone who can't take leading. Never. A true call to ministry calls you to serve. And if you, you've ever seen some of the best leaders are the greatest servants. Jesus, number one. Number one servant that ever was. He wouldn't let the disciples wash his feet. He washed theirs. We're talking about the Lord of glory. We're talking about the creator of the universe. We're talking about somebody who, who had all things in him and, and for him. He was God in the flesh, and he's washing men's feet. Understand that serving is part of growing. Serving is ministry. Understand that. Luke 14, 11 said, For whosoever exalted himself shall be abased. Okay. This is Jesus talking. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. The point of what I'm trying to say is that some folks get called out of their Egypt. And their Egypt is themselves. And they bring it with them. So you have folks that were self-centered when they were in the world. And they come into the church and they're still self-centered. Thinking it's about them. When understand it's not about us. It's not about us as a individual. It's not about lifting up somebody's name or somebody's face. It's not about somebody being famous or being rich from the, from the gospel. Understand it's about us as a body for sure. But understand, understand it's not about you. It's not about me. Right? Self-centeredness has no, has no, no place in the kingdom. No place at all. If, you're, if all you're worried about is your end, you need to go somewhere else. Understand that. If you can't give, you're never going to get. How many of you sow what you reap or reap what you sow? Somebody say amen. It's time to forsake our Egypts by faith. Now, we all, the, only, the only person that knows what your Egypt is, Brother Charlie, is you and God. Okay, I don't know your struggles. I know you have them because you're human. Sister Minnie, I don't know all your struggles. Okay, but I know you have them because you're human. Okay, but he knows, right? 
But only we can address these things. Understand, only we can put them on the altar. Only we can bring them to light, okay? And understand that laziness is never going to be an excuse in the eyes of the Lord, okay? If, you're, if, you, don't, if you don't read and study your Bible if you don't, because you're lazy, then uh, that, that's, you, you're, I don't know what to do to help you, okay? We need to pray against laziness. Somebody say amen. Nobody likes, nobody likes sitting, having a day off more than me. I promise you. But understand, there's times to rest, and there's times not to rest, okay? There's times to work. There's time to read. There's times to pray. There's time to study. And somebody say amen. If you don't have it, you need to pray that the Lord helps you get it, okay? Understand that. Understand that this is big. Being deceived is never going to be an excuse in the eyes of the Lord. You say, well, it's not my fault. Well, we all have a Bible. And we all are supposed to have the Holy Spirit. And Paul said, you don't need anybody to teach you if you have those two things. Now, it's time to seek it, though. And understand that we're going to have to lay hold to this truth amidst all kinds of lies. Amidst all kinds of deception. Against all kinds of wiles of the devil. Against all kinds of half-truths. Against all kinds of things that prop up the, 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 the nature of law or the nature of man. But, but forsake the laws of God. And understand that to our ears are social justice things that go on every day. Sometimes they're not in line with the, eyes of, with the laws of God. So understand that we're going to have to lay hold of truth by, by ourselves. We're going to have to grab a hold of it. We're going to have to buy it and sell it not. Somebody say amen. The voices we're listening to, okay, the voices that we, how many knows that you have, your TV has an on and off switch? You know that? Do you know that, that your radio has an on and off switch? Do you know that your phone has a power button? Anybody ever just turn your phone off? I'll go weeks without turning it off. I'm not, I'm, it'll, lay, it'll be on. I'm not looking at it the whole time, but understand, it has a power button. I could turn it off. And it's a choice that sometimes needs to be made, right? So understand that the only, people, the only person that can choose that is you. Understand that the voices that we're allowing in our lives, they need to stand the test of truth. Okay? I have people all the time asking me uh, in various people, various places, various times, what do you think about this person or this preacher? What do you think about this ministry? And, you know, sometimes I'm familiar with them, sometimes I'm not. And I say, well, the only thing that I can do, okay, how many of those personalities that come and go? Okay, some people are your cup of tea and some people aren't. Some people might be anointed by the Lord, but they're not, they don't, they don't speak to you because they're walking, you know, they have, their, they have people that they speak, but it might not be you. Somebody say amen. There's preachers that I, that I like to listen to more than others, okay? And a lot of people might stay home when they think I'm speaking, you know? That, that might be a fact, Right? My brother's a really good preacher, okay? And there's people that might think that. I don't know. But understand that the, that the voices that you're hearing, okay, it, whether you like it or not, they have to stand the test of truth. And you may have a guy that speaks, you know, he can, he can make you laugh. He can make you cry. He can make you, I mean, he just can do all the things. But he spe not, is he speaking truth? Okay? So what do we have? What barometer do we have? We have the doctrine of Christ. Okay? What he said, what he taught. It better be in line with that or you need to throw it out. And understand that voices that you, that you allow in your life, whether or not you think it's, they're affecting you, they affect you. 
understand that it doesn't matter how, how smart we think we are, how, how powerful and spiritual we think we are. If we choose to waller in the, the pig pen, we're going to get dirty. Somebody say amen. If you lay down with the dogs, you're going to maybe get fleas, right? So understand, you know, and, and there's times, okay? I believe that the Lord's called me to, to, do, to, 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 be, to, um, to look at some things that I wouldn't really recommend other people look at. Not, I'm not talking about look at. I'm talking about read, study, uh, partake of, okay? How many knows that there's sometimes that God might put it in you to, put, to, to experience something or read about something in order to help somebody else? Okay, but understand, he's not doing that if you don't know your word. Okay, if you don't have a foundation and you don't know truth, he's not going to do that. Okay, so no truth. Okay, understand. We need to know the difference. Now, I really want you to get this. this man, this blew me away when, when this came to my mind today or this, this afternoon. He says, I almost had everything done, and this little thought came into my head. He said, we need to know the difference between things that are true and the truth. We need to know the difference between things that are true and the truth. There's lots of denominations. There's lots of religions. And most of them have at least some truth. Somebody say amen. But do they have the truth? Okay. The truth is a man. Somebody say amen. The truth, he's a way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So if you're here and somebody get up spouting the name of Jesus, but also telling you there's other ways to make it to heaven, they're, they're, they're lying to you, okay? I don't care what else they said that was good that night. They are not telling you the truth. You, they don't have the truth, okay? If they're telling you there's another way to make it, they're not telling you the truth. Okay, we got to be serious about this, folks. I mean, there's a lot of times we listen to people because they, 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 they've studied psychology. And they can talk about, you know, things, psychological disorders, things like that. It has its place, maybe. Okay, but not in the church of God. Okay, we need to know the word of God. We need to understand the truth of God. We need to understand the doctrine of Christ. That needs to be our foundation. That needs, that's the most important thing in your life is understanding truth. Somebody say amen. This is not, I know this is not popular. Okay, it's not popular. And, you know, they see those right driving down the road, you know, you see those bumper stickers with all the different uh, with all the different religious signs. And it says coexist. Okay, the word of God, the truth of God can't coexist. Okay, with untruth. Okay, people talk about having unity. Okay, unity in the faith. The only way there could be ever be true unity. Okay, is if everybody believes the doctrine of Christ. Right. What he taught, what he did. Okay, how he taught it, what he said, how he acted, how he lived. The only way that we could ever have true unity, understand, is that way. The truth is a man. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. The next thing is, you need to understand is the doctrine of Christ, it's not optional. It's impossible to be his disciple and not believe every word that he said. Is that, is that reasonable? It's impossible, okay? Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him. Okay, these were believers. He said, if ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This is very, very simple. 
Brother Luke, if we do not, okay, continue in his, in his word, then we are not. Somebody say amen. If we do not, then we are not. If you do not continue in his word, you are not his disciple. That's Jesus' word. Those aren't mine. Somebody say amen. Because straight is the gate. <laughs> and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. I think it's helpful. <laughs> this is kind of funny. I kind of thought of this there last week when I was looking at the water and I started thinking about what would, you know, I was looking at the ocean and I was thinking about the ark. You know, what would it look like when the whole world was covered with water and, you know, there's an ocean because it's just endless water. Just, it's just, there's, you know, you look out and you kind of block out things around you. It's just endless water, right? And then the thought came to me, and I believe it was the Lord, and it said, uh, remember, there's way more animals on the ark than there were people. <laughs> you ever think about that? Eight souls. How straight's the way? How narrow is the gate? Noah preached, okay? Right? The Bible says it, okay? What, it was it Peter that wrote, Noah preached, okay? Hey, but the people chose. Did they not? They chose. Second John 1 9 says, this, this is just, it's, just, it's just so straightforward. And you can't get around it. It says, whosoever transgresseth, that means sins, right? And abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. If you differ from his doctrine, you don't have him. It's, it's right here. But he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any among you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your home, into your house. Neither bid him Godspeed. Don't even wish him well. How, how important is it for us to choose truth? How important is it for us to grab a hold of all the truth that we can? How important is it to buy it and sell it not? How important is it to understand what Jesus taught? How, many, how important is it to understand the plan of salvation? You know how I many people that say they're Christian, they can't, understand, can't, they can't explain to somebody how they, what they need to do to be saved? Understand that we need to get a hold of these things and make them part of us. Somebody say amen. How important is it? Look, hey, our Egypts are many. Okay? We could, if, if, if we dared to, we could go around this room and we could all name different things. Okay, my, my problems, my struggles, Brother Trent, aren't yours. And yours aren't mine. And we might have some crossovers. We might have some things we can discuss as we have before. Okay? But understand, there are per many. And understand this, they're personal. Okay? A lot of our Egypts, we hope nobody finds out about. Come on, somebody. A lot of our Egypts, we hope somebody never, never, ever hears about, Brother Smith. Many of our Egypts are a big part of who we are. It's a big part of our makeup. You know, my biggest problem is me. I can tell you that right now. You know, people can point the fingers, but I guarantee you that most people, the biggest problem is themselves. Somebody say amen. 
Luke, Luke 9, he said, he said to them all, if any man will come after me, what? Let him deny himself. Okay, it's a big part of who you are, but you gotta, you got to lay it aside. you got to put it down. you got to choose. you got to turn your back and go toward the Lord. Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Understand, I, 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 I wondered about that one time. What does that mean, take up your cross? You know, is it just carrying the testimony of Jesus, you know? Well, yeah, you know, being a witness. But I never really understood that until I heard one, one time, uh, I heard somebody talking. It wasn't even to me. They were speaking, and they said they've been trying to overcome something, and they can't. And they said they just gave up because that's just me. That's just who I am. That's his cross. Okay? When you run into something about you that's you, chances are that's your cross. That's where you need to look. Okay? And we, talk, we, we talked about that. We were saying that song tonight, Beautifully Broken. Okay? I'm perfectly scarred only for his glory. Understand that I need him to reach into me and change me. I need him. I need to put him on so that he can change me. From the inside out. I need to be like him. There needs to be less of me. There needs to be more of him. I, 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 need, I need his touch every day. I, I, need, I need him to, to make over my scar. I need him to keep me on that wheel. You know, like the potter. Keeping working that clay. And, and working it when I mess up, you know. He can just make me again. Somebody say amen. For, what's, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall save it. For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? Understand that there's something at stake. There's something at stake here. There's you. There's your eternal soul. There's your family. Okay, there's somebody down the line that's going to need to hear what you... There's, there's a lot of things at stake. So therefore, 2 Timothy 2.3 says... So it says, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The way is not easy. Choosing is not easy. Somebody say amen. Choosing to do right. Choosing to put him before yourself. Choosing to serve. That's not easy. You have to endure some hardness. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Understand that we all got to work. We all got to pay our electric bill. We all got uh, to do all the things that we need to do to live. But understand, the minute that it conflicts with our walk with the Lord, what needs to give is that thing. Amen. Somebody say amen. If you're going to be a soldier, if you're going to war, if it's going to be hardness, but you've got to choose correctly. Amen. And not entangle yourself with things that's going to pull you away. That he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. We're looking to please him. We're not looking to please us. And if a man who also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned except for that he strive lawfully. We got to do it his way. There's no shortcuts. There's no cheat sheets. Remember in school when you see the kid that was taking the test and he's like. Okay, there's no cheat sheets. Right? Understand. The only way we're crowned. Is if we do it lawfully, his way. We're going to do it his way or we're not going to do it. Somebody say amen. We will and we must endure hardness. Because many things are coming. Okay, there's a lot of things coming on this earth. And you're going to have to choose. And so other choices need to already be made. Or it's going to be really hard to choose right when it's really hard. If you can't do it when it's easy, 
how you do it when it's hard, okay? If you can't put down the chocolate chip cookies when you just had, had them last night, you're starting to diet, but you've got to have them tonight too, okay? What are you going to do a week from now, okay? You're never going to make it, right? Understand. Matthew 8, 21 says, another of his disciples said to him, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. What does that mean? Does that mean he didn't have compassion on the guy? No. It means that sometimes we have to leave folks that are not spiritually minded to do what they're going to do. Okay. We want, them to, we want everyone to be, we want everybody to make it. We want, we want everybody to understand the Lord. We want everybody to see his goodness, right? But when it comes down to it, you got to do, you got to go your way. You got to make your choices. You got to do right on your own. And the dead have to bury the dead. You cannot, cannot, cannot pack everything on your back. You cannot care. You don't have what it takes. Understand it's in the hands of the Lord. Some, somebody say amen. Proverbs 25, 14, and I'm almost finished. It says, whoso boasteth himself of a false gift is like clouds and wind without rain. What's that say to you? There's a lot of people that can put on a show. Woo! Mm. There's a lot of people. They can look it, they can talk it, they can act it, but there's no rain. They blow a lot of wind and a lot of, a lot of clouds. It looks like rain, but it never rains. Understand that our opinions of ourselves and our achievements mean very little to the Lord. Amen? You can think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Brother Hupp, you might be all that in a bag of chips, brother. You might know it. Okay? Uh, brother Craig, you might, you know, have 10 college degrees. Okay? But how many knows that our opinions of ourselves and our achievements, it has very little to do with where we are in the Lord. You know, we can be clouds and wind blowing all over the place. But we can't bring any rain. When we leave the people, they're still dusty. They're still dry. Somebody say amen. You ever heard a preacher come in to blow into town and whoop and holler and jump it up and down and nobody's ever changed? Come on now. That's wind and having clouds and wind and no rain. How many knows that we want to be salt and light? We want to be a, a drink for the, somebody who's thirsty. Okay, I don't care how it look, how I look to somebody else, but if somebody else can can get a little bit of something from me, that's that is something. Somebody say amen. I want to accomplish. We need to pray. We need it needs to be our prayer that I want to accomplish whatever the Lord wants me to accomplish. I want to reach whoever He has me reach. Okay, if it's one person, it's one person. I want to do my job in His kingdom. Amen. I want to choose. Amen. To follow, to forsake my Egypt, even if it's just for one person, even if it's just for my own soul, for sure. But even if it's just for one, 
How many knows that we need to, we need to desire for the Lord to move in our life? We need to desire for him to use us. Amen? But the only thing that matters is a sincere heart. That's the only thing. Okay? Um, a sincere heart, it doesn't matter how, how much you mess up. I mean, hopefully it's getting less. Hopefully we learn from our mistakes. Amen? But how many knows that through, through the blood of Jesus, my, 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 my righteousness is not putting off the filthiness, but my righteousness is a clear conscience toward God. Paul said, a clear conscience toward God. If my heart is sincere, I can mess, I can, Lord, I can mess up like nobody else, and I have. But understand, if, you're, if your heart is sincere before the Lord, you're doing things for the right reasons, and you're trying to make the choices the best you can, God knows that. And he weighs that, and he and he understands, and the clear conscience toward that's his per, that's his perfection, showing in us. Amen. He makes us perfect in that state, even though we'll never be it. We'll never be able to fulfill. We'll never be able to live up. We'll never be able to do everything right. Somebody say amen. But as long as I, my heart is sincere, and I, my desire is to see his kingdom move forward at all costs, whatever it costs us, whatever it costs me, understand that that clear conscience toward God that's our perfection. And that's when we have chosen. We've truly chosen. It doesn't matter how we look. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter whatever metrics they measure you on. I don't care. Okay. My, I care about having a clear conscience. I care about having a, a pure heart towards the Lord. I care about my motivations being right. And, and not, not and wanting to do things for the right reasons. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you will. You know, the, the Bible says that Abraham believed God. And God counted that for righteousness. Okay. I may want to believe the Lord. I want to believe him. Okay. And when I believe him, my choices are going to be, they're going to follow suit. Right. The times that I failed him, I've chosen other things. Ahead of what I knew he wanted for my life. Okay? You don't sin by doing things you don't know are wrong. That's not sin. Okay? That's being ignorant of, of whatever. Okay? You don't, that's not sin. But when you know to do right and you choose something else, that's when, that's when we are in, in danger. Right? Understand. That the approach to each day when we open our eyes and I pray it in the morning. I say, Lord, help me do right today. You know, whatever happens today, I want to make, I want to see you. I want to make heaven. I, I want to be saved. So whatever happens today, help me to do right. Okay. Help me to choose you. Help me to, help me to do it. Now, do I mess up? Absolutely. Okay. But I promise you, he's going to help you. Somebody say amen. But, it, but we, it, the choice has to be made. Okay? If the Lord points something out in your life, and I've said this before, the big things are easy. But what's that scripture? Small foxes spoil the vine. Okay? There's things that he points out 
And he wants you to choose to forsake that. That's your Egypt. It's part of your Egypt. And like Moses forsook his Egypt in order to partake of God, knowing, trusting in the reward of the Lord rather than on earth. Pastors preached it many times about temporal things and eternal things. Okay? Where's our mind need to be? The carnal stuff around us, you know, that wears on us day to day, that's why we need prayer. That's why we need active prayer life. And if you're not laying it on the altar, okay, how you, you can't expect him to help you much, right? But I think going forward, it needs to be our prayer. No matter what happens around us, we might, we might explode and get 150 people. We might have 10 here. But we need to choose in our own, in our own hearts to do the right thing, to forsake the things that he's shown us to, that we need to forsake. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would, you would help me, Lord, to do better, God. You would help me, Lord, to forsake the things in my life that you would have me to forsake. Lord, to choose you above all things. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help me. Keep your hand upon me. And each and every person, Lord, here that desires a close walk with you, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to choose and to make the choices, Lord, that you would have them to make. Lord, we'll give you all praise, all honor, and all glory, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Lord, all the times we, we, we falter and we stumble, Lord, and you're there to pick us up, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for each and every time, Lord, that you've, you've forgiven us anew, Lord, that you've cleansed us new, Lord. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your will and your way to each of your people. Lord, be with everybody, Lord, that, that is struggling right now. There are so many things going on. There's so many things that everywhere, every direction that you look, there's oppression. Lord, there's, there's, there's temptation, Lord. There's worry, there's fear, there's anxiety. Lord, I pray, Lord, right now that you would reach down and touch your people. Lord, give us power, Lord, in our lives to choose you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, come and pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.